0: This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I
1: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: I'm Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us on this week's Farmer's Kitchen. It was a global culinary tour with some absolutely incredible chefs. Starting off with foodie recommendations from industry insider Laura Coughlin. Where does she think are some of the most underrated restaurants in Dubai? And superstar chefs from Italy, Massimo Bottura from Portugal, José Avelé. And we were keeping it local as well with The Taste of the Mighty Blighty from consultant chef Nick Alvis and Chef Sarthak from the Hilton Talking Sustainability. Plus, if you need some events catering this busy season, the founder of Papika Gourmet might be able to help. This is Farmer's Kitchen
1: on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We have stolen away industry insider Laura Coughlin to talk all things food. And Laura, before we get to what I think is a really important topic and it actually ties in really nicely with the messages we're getting here about underrated restaurants. How long have you been in the UAE now?
2: It has been 12 very happy years and very food filled
0: years as well what are
2: you trying to say well i just say you you get about which also sounds terrible i do i do get about (laughs) and my gene size has changed dramatically over those 12 years um but yes i have eaten an awful lot
0: so to your mind most iconic dish in dubai
2: what comes to mind Immediately, what comes to mind for me, and someone already said it, was canafe. Ooh. A big 1 kg platter Slab. This is why the, where the jeans have gone. Um, <laughs> 1 kg platter, the size of a wheel truck yes. from Faras Suites, Palestinian bakery. It is great. That sound. Okay. Sold. You, if, you you bring, if, you bring that, if you bring that to any dinner party, it's 60 dirhams for one kilo of canafe. Oh. Everyone will love you. As a people pleaser, it's a, it's a win for me.
0: <laughs> it's the best money you'll ever spend.
2: Um, you've done a,
0: a really fantastic series so far, and I know there's more to come on your Instagram, which is speaking to a lot of chefs, some industry insiders on their favourite places to go in the UAE. And it is from, well, you tell me you've got pizza recommendations. What are you asking people?
2: Yeah, so we're, I'm, I'm basically going around because... I obviously have some of my favourites and, and everybody kind of wants to know, you know, what is what is the best restaurant in Dubai, in your opinion? You know, I've been a journalist for years. I've been writing lots of listicles, you know, but mm-hmm. it's fun to hear from other chefs. You know, it's an age-old question. Where do chefs eat? Surely that means that it's got to be good. So we're asking best restaurant, best bar, best pizza, best burger, you know, all those things that we love, best breakfast, things that people have, you know, real, real, real big opinions on. And, and
0: what's really interesting is, Depending on how long they've been in the UAE, mm-hmm. nationality, mm-hmm. This, everyone's coming at it with a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I really recommend everyone hop on over. You can give your Instagram a shout out.
2: <laughs> it's by Lorelei.
0: If you want that, just send me the word food and I'll send you the <laughs> link. But it's, it's, really, it's really good viewing because you've spoken to some amazing chefs. Um, some that I've you know, met before and some that I'm like, oh my goodness, now I've got some recommendations. So let's talk underrated restaurants yep. in Dubai. As you say, they're over, uh, over, often overlooked but under-hyped. Yep. To your mind, what are, what, comes, what, what are you thinking about? Because as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's so interesting because a lot of restaurants do rightfully get a lot of spotlight, a lot of media attention. Yeah, of and often at the cost of others, where I'm thinking they're just as good. They might just not have a PR team yeah. or, you know, who, who knows why. So let's start
2: with one that I know. Odion. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Just t- t- tell everybody about Odion. <gasps>
0: Odion. Odion. Odion is actually very close to where I live. Mm-hmm. So um, we went there when it first opened, and you go in and you feel like you're en France um, with the most freshly baked baguettes. They have waffles at the weekend. They've got fresh fish and seafood downstairs. And then upstairs, an amazing, amazing restaurant with a big, big character chef. I mean, a lot of fun. Chef
2: Thomas That's right. Duhamel, I think. Well done.
0: Brilliant steak tartare. Mm-hmm. Some of the best butter in Dubai. And I say this as... It's important. A butter lover. Um, and it's just an absolute treat. So it's not licensed. It's a small menu and everything is just... Excellent. You
2: know what's interesting? You are in good company with uh, loving o- Odion. Mm. I interviewed, one of the people I interviewed was uh, Samantha Wood, yes. Food Diva reviewer, um, and she said Odeon was her most underrated restaurant.
0: Well, there you go. Okay, well, we're going to continue the conversation. I would love to know from you if there's any underrated places you think deserves a shout out.
2: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: Food writer extraordinaire, industry insider, Laura Coughlin is with us today. We're talking about underrated restaurants in Dubai. I'm worried about running out of time. So let's talk about maybe three that you think we should all put on our Dubai
2: must eat list. Okay, three. I would say my own personal one is mm, mono. I'm going to say mono. This is Tiny Little Italian yeah. Al-Wassel Road. Slightly unfortunate name at times, but it's it, just because it sounds like a disease, but it's not. It's fantastic. <laughs> Delicious. It's wonderful. And it's based in sort of uh, Jameer away near, near Wassel 51. Yeah. This is an Italian restaurant um, owned by two Emirati pilots and they love Italian food. They they teamed up with a fantastic chef and it is the most beautiful, elegant Italian cuisine. It's unlicensed, quiet, I find it very romantic. It is. And it just it's feels lovely. very, very special and very different, and deserves some cheering. I think.
0: Oh, I agree. We've been a couple of times, not just it's in our hood, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a really interesting thing. about some of the most interesting restaurants in the UAE, actually, in Dubai right now, are unlicensed, and that yeah. Manos a really, really good example of that. Um, you had Roseleaf Cafe on your list. I, did. I love Roseleaf Cafe did. at the Garden concept. I know gorgeous. it's
2: so wonderful, and they've they've really they recently renovated, so it's got this kind of diner feel. But you know, there's excellent parking. The food is really, really good. Um, And I am there, I think, yeah four days a week this <laughs> is really? getting ridiculous and, and then my last one is a restaurant now this is recommended um, on the video series I'm doing on my Instagram and it was from Chang who's the owner of Asian supermarket 1004 Gourmet and Ugly Burger he recommended this place called Demiati never I had heard never it. heard of it never heard of it the comments went ballistic this what? guy knows who, what he's talking about what? it's amazing it's the best how can you not know what? And I'm googling this is it and while you google I will tell everybody tell else tell me Damiati is an Egyptian restaurant um, out in uh, Satwa Karama, old oh, older part of Dubai. Now, they do lamb chops like nobody does lamb chops in Dubai. Oh. And I, I I was like, really? Are you sure? I went. I can confirm. Delicious lamb chops. Get them by the kilo. You get free hummus. I mean, free food! <laughs> so you get free hummus and, um, and a kilo of, of lamb chops. We had some fatouche. Were they friendly? Not exactly. Was it a nice vibe? I mean, it was, if you like, strobe lighting and, you know, (laughs) super bright canteen. But none of that matters when the food is great.
0: This looks amazing. Okay, speaking as the mother of a daughter who could eat a kilo of lamb chops (laughs) quite happily in one sitting. um, There you go. Damiati, D-A-M-Y-A-T-I Express in Karama. It's (laughs) open now until 1am. Go, (laughs) run run, don't walk um now you sent over a list of foodie experiences and a couple really really caught my eye because Mm. we all love eating out i love eating out however i think we're all kind of craving a bit of a learning a bit of an experience memory making when we've got guests in town but the first on your list and this is very timely for us because fridays in the farmer household is pizza night oh. i bought my husband an uni a few years ago from amazon it's the gas one and it is the gift that keeps on giving however i don't think he's listening we haven't quite perfected it yet okay. and you know a man that can
2: well absolutely and do you know i'm i have a similar story in that i, I mean i bought myself an uni oven because you know saw the picture on instagram looked fantastic, it it is looked fantastic. Easy. Pizza in a minute, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um I had an absolute disaster. <laughs> half the pizza was cooked, the other pizza wasn't. My best friend made yummy noises but I knew she was oh. lying. Um I'd singed half of my hair, so it was all, cur- <laughs> it was all curly. It's just it was a, just a disaster and it's just sort of sat collecting dust in a corner Eek. covered and I just thought I'll deal with that problem. That's an expensive mistake time. to make. It was an expensive mistake to make. So I've paid, I've thrown money at the problem and paid for more workshops Go with on. with a gentleman called Camille. Now, Camille is this wonderful um, Lebanese gentleman who had a full-time job and then during COVID was bored and decided to learn how to make pizza, I bought himself a uni oven, and the man is gifted. I found him because I was recommended... His services when I was looking for uh, to to hire someone for a a party. I was having a party at my house. He does catering. Who did I ask? Michelle Pitfire. Yes. Pit, owner of Pitfire, okay? I came to her and I said, could you could you cater my party? She said, I can't, but I know the best person. And that is a recommendation that I will uh, happily share on. So Camille offers these amazing workshops where he teaches you how to make um, this incredible dough. His secrets to, to creating the perfect dough. Then his secrets on how to use the uni oven. Because there is a skill to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ingredients and how long and da-da-da-da-da. And he, he does these sessions in his house at JVC he's part of a, a larger kind of brand which is called break bread brilliant supper club kind of kind of co-op collab is it is is it oh yeah almost like an aggregator of all these brilliant supper clubs around town but now they've included these workshops and um and Camille is part of them
0: so on Instagram he is pizza craft underscore by Camille K-A-M-I-L <laughs> I do you not know, I just thought best I could give my husband's birthday in a few oh, weeks what a gift workshop and then the gift keeps on coming back to me for farmer's
2: pizza evenings. that's it and what's brilliant is that it's it's it lasts three hours it's 400 dirhams and what you do is you get to take home the dough that you've made oh, because obviously it needs like 24 hours to prove mm. um so you use a different one but you can take that one home so then if he goes on a wednesday by Friday, you'll have dough ready to go. Happy
0: days. Okay, send me the pizza emoji or the word pizza if you want me to send you that. But that sounds, what a great guy. What a great oh, what a great positive out of the super. pandemic story.
2: Exactly, it's wonderful.
0: Um, speaking of supper clubs, mm. uh, Girl in the Goose, oh. bit of a regular on the show. She's just she? fantastic. Fantastic. Um, she's always full of busy, uh, but for anyone who's not familiar with her, mm-hmm. why do you think she's worthy of our time, attentions and our hard-earned dirhams, Laura? Well,
2: well look, I am i have to say I'm late to the party with... Uh, supper Subber clubs. clubs? Yeah, I haven't done it before. Uh, I think I get a bit nervous about meeting new people, you know, I, sort of... I do. I get a bit nervous about meeting new people. Okay, so here's what I do.
0: Okay, I've been to a couple of supper clubs. I get it, I get, and it's ironic given that we're both on the radio, speaking exactly. to goodness knows how many people. Yeah, um, the thought of sitting around a table with strangers gives me the ick. heebie yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then what I find myself doing is either being super, super quiet and quite shy, or getting into radio host mode and trying to make everyone feel comfortable. And then I'm like, leave absolutely exhausted <laughs> it's true i'm being completely honest but there's a real gift to supper clubs which is putting the right people together so that doesn't happen and she is so so skilled at that it's not just amazing food but it's the alchemy of the people as well
2: it is it's, it's brilliant and i had only just recently met chef gabby so um uh, but i'd heard so much recommendation about her her supper club obviously i'm i'm not well versed in nicaraguan Cuisine. Who is? I mean, uh, and, and, and I'm a bit embarrassed by that. You know, you, you call yourself a foodie, and you, you think you've tried everything, but it was really wonderful. And she's an absolute pocket rocket of a chef. Um, really great fun. Deli- obviously, outstanding cuisine that sort of mixes the Central America's cuisine. So you've got you know flavors that you rec- that you recognise in say Mexican cuisine, mm-hmm. um, but it's just given a sort of healthier, lighter touch um and it was really really enjoyable the people that i met were brilliant Uh, chef Gabby sort of has these rules that you can't ask these questions like um you know what's your name and where are you from and how long have you been in dubai so then you're just sort of stumped but she gives you these she sort of gives you these questions to ask to kind of open up the conversation um which again makes me cringe but when you're in the moment actually it was really um it was really enjoyable so Um, so i highly recommend it girl and
0: the goose Chef Gabby, she is just wonderful. Laura, we've run out of time. No. Uh, we have one last shout out for your Instagram so people can go along and see some other people's recommendations. And when I say this, we've actually had some incredible shouts coming in for our Spinneys Prize this afternoon. Um, but you are speaking some of the best in the business, the the insiders, the chefs, about their favourite pizza, burger, bar, restaurants. which is Big question. <laughs> Where can people find that series? So
2: my Instagram handle is By Laura. L-A-I.
0: Thank you so much, Laura Copping, for coming in. Lovely to see you. You've given me plenty of ideas of places to go and you've sorted out my husband's birthday present. (laughs) So if he's listening, sorry Nick, no surprises but we're all going to be very happy and very Uh, well fed indeed.
2: This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We're having a bit of a culinary tour of the world. We're going to be speaking to Italian chef Massimo Batura in half an hour's time. Jose Alves joining us to take us to Portugal. And now, homegrown hero, consultant chef Nick Alves is taking us to Mina's Market for a taste of the mighty blighty. It's at the heart of the Western Dubai Mina Siahi Beach Resort and Marina. Nick Alves in the studio. Um... I said consultant chef there we've known you for years and years with various chefs hats on and now you've taken a step away from the, the heat of the kitchen to the heat of the excel spreadsheet and certainly this heat of coming up with concepts and ideas what does a consultant chef do exactly
3: nick um hello hello Good afternoon. lovely to have you nice with to us see you. and you um i think consultant chefs across the world do different and they really specialize in different areas i Mm. think they were they you know you get consultant pastry chefs you get consultant bakers if you like but um i think with what i've done um i i was getting asked by a lot of people that i know in the industry to help them manage their kitchens basically you know work with their head chefs because they'd recognize me as someone in the industry perhaps look up to me and uh, get them to perhaps get a little bit more organized, a bit more streamlined. So that's that part of what I do. Um, Yeah, coming up with concepts like we're going to talk about at Mina's Market, um, working with uh, teams to actually develop ideas that they have, but actually launch it. Well, that's an interesting thing,
0: isn't it? Um, A lot of people have great ideas, but the actual execution of what that's going to look like, you know, on the plate, but also, you know, when it comes to bottom line and the team you might need to actually execute these ideas is very different to someone going, I love food, I should start a restaurant. So you've started KMS, Kitchen Management Solutions, and as you're saying, kind of consulting there. Um, that must be a really interesting kind of gear shift for you because before, you know, chef life is, my goodness, tough to to, to balance the mental health and family life. And this must present kind of different challenges in, in all sorts of different ways. So do you have a typical day now nick
3: at the you kind of you you have a client i think with with what i do everybody likes whoever you're working with they like to see you there so Mm. it's not like a consultant who can work from a laptop in another country and do zoom calls and stuff like that i mean i guess you could do a zoom call of chopping an onion in the (laughs) background but it really i think anybody that wants you to help them out or you know train their team or what they want to see you physically there so that that, i think that's the difference with the consultant chef you know that if you've got a reputation and they, they want to pick your brains and you to train their chefs and teach them what you know. So yeah. it's, very much, um, it's very much a hands-on role, to be so honest.
4: How long have
0: you been in the UAE now?
3: 14 years. Ooh, la, la. Yeah, a while now.
0: I know. So best known as, I guess, to my mind, Folly most recently, Nick and Scott. You've yeah. been there with Chef Gordon as well through the years. Um, so let's talk now about Mina's Market. So you've been responsible for bringing together the food side of what we're calling a taste of the mighty blighty. Um, why do you think London needs a moment in the spotlight here in Dubai? And, and what got you excited about creating this concept at uh, at um, at Mina's?
3: Well, the team at Mina's. I worked with them before on the roast by Publishers. I think they like uh, they like the the, the British touch. Uh, so I've got a, a nice relationship with them already. And they asked me to. They said they had an idea. Um, obviously, with me growing up in London, a lot of my a lot of my years in London. Um, so I know Borough Market well. And they had an idea to bring this market atmosphere. To the, to the restaurant um, just to create an activation and get a bit of you know do something a bit different to mm-hmm. be honest
0: now for anyone that's not familiar with borough market how how can you take us there now can you explain the kind of not the concept of it because it's kind of much more organic than that but what people do experience at the og market in london what's
3: it like I mean, it's just food-led, isn't it? I, it's, it's, there's so much going on, on there. Uh, and it's it's bigger now than what it used to be. I've had friends that have had stalls there that used to supply the restaurants. I've I got friends with a lot of suppliers, so I used to go down a lot um, when I wasn't working. Um, and, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a – excuse the word, but it's a foodie paradise, it really. Is. It, it, it is. Um, there's lots of restaurants and bars around it as well, which – it's a day out. Um, go for lunch there. You can wander around. There's loads of, like, street foodie kind of areas – Uh, And that—that's the idea with Mina's market. We we really looked at Borough Market and thought we can have a bit of fun with it. We're not trying to rip it off. Yeah. But you know, well,
0: it's it's in a restaurant as well, so it's 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 a kind of a different idea. But you're still getting the sense of. All of these influences that are in London and, you know, I don't use this phrase lightly, but we think about melting pot. My goodness, Borough Market, you know, you've got cheese, you've got noodles, you've got curries, you've got roast dinners in a sandwich. You know, it is yeah. it is all there. So what have you taken as your main inspirations for, for Mina's market then?
3: I think I've looked at UK food culture more than just Borough Market, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, you know, we, we have gone the decor side of it there's a lot of fruit and veg in boxes and crates and stuff like that it's really really great produce actually on show just as decoration obviously the guys will use it but um, good glad you said that <laughs> oh no no for sure but it's like i'm looking at everything and as a chef you're like wow they're, they're spending top notch big money on like just decorating the place so it's it's great fun in that sense um, but the actual yeah i've looked at we've got a british bolty house we've got a, a london pie shop
0: ooh um, okay here's a question for you for pies because some people think they can do a good pie And what they don't do is have a base there. It's just a top. Mm. I feel like I need the more pastry, the better, really. Is that fair?
3: No, we we make a proper... um, What's in the pie? We've got seven different
0: pies. Okay, talk us through. I'm not going to quiz you on all seven, but what some of the standouts? What's been popular with diners so far? Uh,
3: We do a braised beef cheek and portobello mushroom pie. We do a spiced lamb pea and mint, which I... Just ate on the way. Here. <laughs> oh, your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I um, had half a leftover burrito for my lunch, which was
0: really poor planning. When I've got guests like you on the show, making me hungry. Have you got chicken, leek, and bacon? That kind of thing.
3: We mm. have. We've got chicken yes. and leek. Yes. Yum. Yeah. Um, we've got what else? We've got a little seafood pie, but they're all like individual pies in little tins. So it's like you go to the market and you pick one up, or the football, if you like. But.
0: Georgia Tolly was saying earlier that she's been to Mina's market and she was singing the praises of the humble Scotch egg. Oh, right, okay. So that was, that was, a, that was a big, big hit. Um, what about on the dessert front? Have, we, have you gone super traditional? You, you know, you've eaten mass and things like that, or are you doing a bit of a twist?
3: It's really, we've really tried to hit the nail on the head with the market. So it's like stacks of brownies, <gasps> um, cheesecakes... You know, it's like chunky. They're they're made really well. We've got a really really talented pastry team there and bakery team. That the bakery there is absolutely stunning as well. We've had uh, a
0: message here for you. I'm um, asking about where and when, which I think is 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 well timed. So this is Mina's Market. Is it gonna, Is it a weekly event? Is it every day? How can people have that taste of the mighty blighty, Nick?
3: Yeah, uh, Mina's Market is every Wednesday. Uh, mina's Kitchen, in the Westin, Mina Siahi lots of Minas. It uh, <laughs> starts at six thirty and finishes at ten thirty. Uh, and I, I would advise—I'm trying to tell everyone this: don't don't come late. Come come on time or between six thirty and seven, and the place is just shining and glistening with all the produce and everything. It just looks absolutely fantastic.
0: There's um, there's drinks pairings as well. You've got Chapel Down, which I think a lot of people will be really excited to hear yep. about too. Um, now. We've only got a minute left, but let's talk quickly strategy, okay? Because we want to be getting, you know, our best possible experience out of it. I think about brunch strategy a lot on a a Saturday. But for evening brunch, what should we be hitting hard
3: at Mina's Market, Chef Nick? should be in the the pies the pies honestly I'm very proud of them to be honest it's such a simple such a simple thing and as a chef that's been in all these fine dining restaurants all my life making pies I'm very proud of that you're
0: glowing talking about those absolutely love it I've also heard great things about the cheeses as well so Mm. we need to leave room for dessert and cheese yeah for sure it's a marathon not a sprint right yeah okay yeah This is it. So if you want details of that, just send me the word Mina, M-I-N-A. I'll send you the links. You can find out more. Get booking. I think with half term next week, that'll be a really, really popular one. And um, yeah, hope to see you there soon. So Wednesday, 6.30, you're saying be prompt.
3: first in line for the pies we have to be ready so the doors (laughs) open the team are ready so we're ready to welcome you in and everything uh, uh, it's really it's it's impressive it looks really good
0: you should be really proud and if anyone wants to avail of your services your expertise um, in and out of the kitchen what's the best way of getting in touch with you?
3: Uh, Instagram Instagram. yeah Yeah, really yeah Chef Nick Alvis on Instagram
0: there you go if you Um, want that send me the word chef I'd be happy to connect you Um, delighted to have you and see you in your new incarnation I think it's be really exciting to see where else you're going to be putting fingers in pies all over town (laughs) consultant Chef Nick Alvis from KMS Kitchen Management Solutions and Mina's Market sounds like it's going to be absolutely fantastic you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen
2: on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We're joined now by culinary genius, Chef Massimo Batura, renowned for his innovative approach to Italian cuisine. He has tantalised taste buds worldwide, but also championed sustainability and social causes through those culinary creations. And today we are delving into his thoughts on sustainability, exciting new ventures, including his Dubai restaurant, Michelin Star Tonno Sabito, and finding out a little bit more about what brings
4: him to town.
0: Chef Batura, how
4: are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I'm very, very good and uh, good spirit, uh, good vibe.
0: Obviously, COP28 is approaching and sustainability really is, to my mind, um, at the heart of your culinary philosophy. So I wondered if you could speak to perhaps how you think chefs can lead the way in promoting sustainable practice. You know, what responsibility
4: do you guys have in the kitchen? I keep saying to everyone that uh, as soon as I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I, I have to take care, as my grandmother was taking care of the family, to all my team. And uh, I have a big responsibility to transfer culture and knowledge to my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we create every day in Osteria Francescana as a, a Renaissance Atelier, we create culture. Knowledge, consciousness, and sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, if you lose and if you waste food, you waste money. Uh, as my grandmother was always saying, keep everything on the side. You see, you're going to come the day that you're going to need some breadcrumbs or some uh, overripe tomato to make it a beautiful sauce. As you know, we already have uh, all the restaurants in Modena certified as uh, zero waste. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have now, uh, after eight years, 14 uh, uh, soup kitchens all over the world uh, in which we fight food waste and social isolation through beauty. Uh, I was just uh, two weeks ago in New York Mm -hmm, uh, at the United Nations meeting uh, through climate change. uh, And after that, uh, with with the director of climate change, with uh, all the representatives of the United Nations, we went to Harlem uh, in the middle of the, um, the, the neighborhood, Ar- Harlem neighborhood mm-hmm. in New York, do you know, and we serve uh, at the Resetorio Harlem, uh, that finally we, we, we were able to host uh, our guests. So keep going, keep fighting, uh, because uh, all together we are the revolution.
0: that's exactly it. It's not just about that bottom line, as many executive chefs are aware of that Excel spreadsheet and how much they're spending. But it is about preserving the planet. And I wondered what you'd heard from other chefs about some of the reasons that they don't feel like they can have sustainability front and centre. And I'm not talking about excuses, but maybe some of the perceived obstacles why people aren't choosing, as you do, to think about food waste in such a serious way.
4: I have no idea, you know, they're like... I grew up with uh, in a very social place like Modena, mm-hmm. that is a very wealthy place but also very social because uh, we know and we learn since we are kids that if we stay together, we are stronger and louder. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the, once uh, you reach uh, uh, everything as I did, uh, to me it was like normal. To, to give back, you know, to, to 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 feel it's time to give back. You know, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You want another this, another that, you know, or you want to share happiness. And if you share joy and happiness as we do every day in our restaurant, the most beautiful job in the world that, uh, you know, mentioning Bob Dylan, no? What do you do? Uh, how is the, your, the secret of your success? Uh, Waking up in the morning, going to bed in the night, and in the meantime, <laughs> you do what you have chosen to do. You're just
0: Bob Dylan. So I've,
5: chosen,
4: yeah, <laughs> I've chosen to be a chef, and, um, and uh, the success is all about hard work, but mm-hmm. it's also uh, giving back. You know, to me, it's, it's that.
0: What about our responsibility as diners? You know, what, what are some of the choices that we can be making, whether that is at home, you know, supermarket shopping and preparing yeah. food at home or when we're ordering food in restaurants, Chef?
4: Actually, uh, this is a very good question. Uh, we had a, a, a very important uh, meeting in uh, Colorado like a couple of years ago and uh, Google was there and the representative of Google, 86% of the food that we waste is uh, we wasted in our home, Wow. so not in our restaurant. So the the approach that you can do as a human being uh, to save the planet, who cares about the planet, is just uh, dedicate a couple of uh, uh, you know hours a week and to shop every uh, two, three days, mm-hmm. and uh, buy seasonal, buy the right amount of food, uh, that you're going to cook or eat in the in these 2 or 3 days that you dedicate to yourself mm-hmm. and then go back to shop again a couple times a week you're going to eat better you're going to save money and you're going to save the planet because you you don't have anything left in the refrigerator <laughs> so that's a very important approach why should you why should you buy you know frozen food and storage in a refrigerator for months and months and months sometimes years and then you throw away mm-hmm. that's insane
0: we'll be back with more from chef Massimo Bottura and finding out what he thinks about the rise in plant food diets and restaurants that's next this is Farmer's Kitchen
1: on Dubai Eye 103.8 The UAE's number one talk radio station
0: Fantastic to have you with us this foodie Friday And one of my favourite chefs with us now Massimo Batura. He has got an incredible restaurant in Moderna It's on my must-go list And of course, Tuna Subito right here in Dubai This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8 With Spinneys Eat well, live well
0: Chef Massimo, um, we've seen a big movement towards plant-based dining as well. Is that something that you've seen internationally? Is it something that you're integrating into your menus? And where do you think the future lies?
4: For us as Italian, uh, we are like very into food uh, like since ever. You know, it's like imagine the philosopher, the Roman philosopher, they switch the phrase of the Greek philosopher. We eat to live in, we live to eat. You know, and uh, not because of one simple reason, because they understood um since 2000 years that spend times uh, around the table with the family, with friends, uh, was a, a very important practice. And for us, it's like uh, the idea of uh, plant-based uh, is uh, part of our uh, culture since ever. Imagine like the the classic uh, um, uh, street food where everyone eats in Italy is like one is pizza. It's like flour, yeah. water, <laughs> and mozzarella, and uh, and some uh, tomato, or like um, the tigelle. is like uh, stracchino, uh, rucola, or like and uh, and uh, flatbread. You know, it's, it's 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 like this in sever. But to me, the good sense is the most important one. I built re- a relation. With uh, amazing farmer, fisherman, cheesemaker, they are like so into uh, epic practices in fishing or raising the animal. You know, in Italy we are not uh, uh, United States uh, or China. You know, with uh, intensive. Uh, Farming, uh, you know, where you know you have chicken one on top of the other, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know it's, it's totally insane the way uh, the practices are are done. So it doesn't make sense, you know. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, transform uh, um, the the old uh, thing, the, the old uh, uh, cuisine that I create since uh, I was a kid. But uh, at one point, when you have uh, a beautiful dinner in Dubai in Torno Subito, you know, and you have a pre-dessert bread, extra virgin olive oil, and melograno. You know, Yum. this is uh, like the base of it, of the poor Italian cuisine, rebuilt uh, with poetic license and uh, serve as a pre-dessert. This is the most um, amazing thing, or botoni alla parmigiana. Bottoni alla parmigiana is like Exact plants, Parmigiana, they are going in there, they become a, a filling for ravioli. This is a classic Italian way of uh, approaching to food. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. This is called Mediterranean diet. And it's serving everyone very so. well.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, chef, let's talk about what's on the menu at
4: the minute at The tasting menu that is going to go uh, for a couple of days and uh, all these dishes. Uh, I said to Alessio, our chef, uh, they have to stay in the menu because uh, I really, really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, could be called, uh, come to Italy with me because it's <laughs> a journey around uh, Italian flavors, like uh, um, baba salato, it's classic Napoletan style baba, but uh, with uh, tomato, with mozzarella, with uh, capers uh, and olive. Uh, we have uh, the canolo uh, as a baccala. You know, instead of being the canolo la siciliana,
6: mm-hmm.
4: you have a uh, uh, salty cod uh, filling uh, and you eat as, as an amun- amuse bush. So uh, even this, uh, you know, from uh, Naples, you go to Sicily. Then uh, come back north of Italy with anguilla in saor. Is a meal, classic from north of Italy, where I'm from, that is lightly smoked and uh, serve uh, with a preparation called insaure in Veneto that is like uh, sweet and acidic. You know, or vitello alla pizzaiola, uh, with the pizzaiola sauce is like tomato, oregano, stracciatella is like the the heart Mm -hmm. of of the classic mozzarella, no? Like uh, the burrata. Everything is about uh, uh, who we are and where we come from. Even the dessert at the end is called Vendemia Harvest. A Parmigiano Reggiano is dedicated to me by <laughs> Alessio. Of course, it's a Parmigiano Reggiano foglie uh, with a mousse of uh, mosto cotto. No, it's a, it's a a journey around Italian flavours.
0: Oh, you've made everyone very hungry indeed. Uh, You have, job uh, done. Um, The restaurant's been open since February 2019. We've had a few interesting years since uh, in the interim there. But just uh, lastly, a quick chance to reflect on, I guess, what you've learned about Dubai diners, about the city, about UAE in that time. Have there been any surprises along the way?
4: I think uh, the scene grew a lot, you know, since the beginning. Uh, when we uh, when we opened, uh, th- that was like two thousand eighteen. We were the first uh, restaurant uh, with uh, a completely different approach to uh, Dubai food. At uh, mm-hmm. That
3: time there was just
4: a restaurant, uh, dark restaurant with a uh, little bit of light. I see, but I don't see uh, fusion cuisine. Uh, uh, that is a mix of this or that, and you don't you didn't understand anything. Mm-hmm. But I think. Uh, the Dubai scene is uh, changing a lot. All the Dubai guests, uh, Dubai's um, citizen also, uh, are evolving. Evolving, mm-hmm. probably because they are traveling. Probably because Dubai uh, absorb and uh, attract a lot of uh, people coming here. That the economy develop and uh, uh, a lot, a lot of restaurants. Uh, uh, uh open a uh, lot of uh, hotels open uh, and
0: we have Michelin now as well. Y- I just want you to know that you're obviously a huge part of Dubai's forward. I'm, experience. I'm you coming. You all have to come. I'll see you tomorrow night. Yes. I see,
1: <laughs> see you tomorrow night, Chef oh. Massimo.
0: Thank you so see much it. for your thank time, you. your passion, your expertise, yeah. and for for educating us. I think it's so important that people in the public eye, such as yourself speak up Thank and you. use your platform for good right. and you, you couldn't be a better example of that. Chef Massimo Thank Petturo, Tono Sabito, can't wait. Thank you so
1: much, Chef.
2: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8 with Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: Imagine dining out guilt-free, knowing that that restaurant is committed to saving the planet. Many eateries now source locally, reduce food waste, and offer some plant-based options too. And from reusable utensils, I'm seeing more and more, to compostable packaging, these little changes can add up to a huge, huge difference. So next time you savour a meal, try to choose a place that's not just filling your stomach but also nurturing our planet. One man on a sustainability mission now is Chef Karthik Kotja from Double Tree by Hilton, Dubai M Square, hotel and residence in Mancoul. We've stolen you away from a very busy neighbourhood chef to chill out with us for a little bit. How are you?
7: I'm very good. How are you?
0: I'm well. I'm really well. I would love to start with you before we start to kind of think about what you're doing in and out of the kitchen. Where did you grow up what, and who was cooking?
7: Um, I grew up in India, Delhi, and uh, I have been cooking since my childhood. It was always with my mother. I have seen her cooking in the uh, kitchen all the time. And I was always get excited. So whenever I see her cooking, I'll stand next to her and see what she's cooking.
0: Big eyes and (laughs) ready to learn.
7: Yes. And then whenever she used to go out for her kitty parties. And so I was the one who used to prepare something for myself. And from there, I have seen myself, you know, I, this is the thing which I have to do. And I used to cook for my elder sister being the younger one. Wow. And I used to do a trial from your know, Indian spices and I used to put them into the flour, make some chapatis, make some bread for myself and for her. And that was the very stomach filling for us.
0: Are there any smells that take you right back to childhood, Chef, that make you go, yep, that's, that's where it started for me? What, what sense?
7: For me, there's one dish which I used to prepare from the childhood. We call it uh, halwa, but it's an Indian dish. It's made up with a semolina and the flour. And we add uh, sugar and uh, a bit of ghee. It's like a butter. And then it's it's a very delicious sweet. And everybody in my family knows me from that dish. Oh,
0: it's, 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 <laughs> a, it's a real shift, though, to go from being a child who loves cooking and loves being with their mum and, and learning from her to thinking or well, this could be a career. When did that start to occur to you and, and what was training like?
7: I was growing up and then I was preparing the food all the time for myself. And then when I finished my schooling, then slowly I got to know that there, yeah, there is a career to be a chef because everybody wants to become a doctor or engineer. So I was the odd one out who wanted to become a chef. And then I did the, my first college, which was Institute of Hotel Management, where I did my degree in the culinary arts.
0: I think it's also a big shift to go from I love food to I'm not sure about chef hours. <laughs> it's a tough job. You you guys are the ones who are working when we're on holiday and, you know, there's, there's big sacrifices. But it sounds like there's a huge amount of passion to, to keep that drive going.
7: True, because whenever we have any festival happening all around the world, we are the one who is making sure everybody celebrates mm-hmm. with the delicious food. So you see us on New Year's when there is a fireworks going on in the Burj Khalifa, and we are standing in our hotel preparing food and making sure that everybody enjoy their New Year Having while we are working. Time.
0: I understand you could have been a dancer as well. You've got some skills, some fancy footwork. Is that true? You love dancing? Yes,
7: I love dancing and I dance really well. Do you? <laughs> yes. This
0: could be like a little, the, the dancing chef. Please start an Instagram called the Dancing Chef. I just feel like that's that's an amazing opportunity. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've been doing there, a double tree by Hilton Dubai M. Because we've we've just been hearing from Massimo Baturo about you know he's got a non profit he's working with you know the UN and really trying to change things on a government level, certainly in, in the in the US, but. It's a real choice for a chef to go this is what I can do and this is what I want to do and maybe no one even knows about it we know in terms of what ends up on the plate. So why and when did sustainability become a bit of a priority for you chef?
7: When I see people at the buffet, you know, they start throwing off the food, uh, taking a lot of food on their plate and not consuming it. And then when I see in the operation, when we prepare the food and then we have to put that much amount of food for the, and, on the buffet mm-hmm. and then we have to throw it off uh, even it's not been consumed. So there I had uh, an opportunity to understand like what sustainability is. And then we start, uh, growing up and start studying about it. So our first project was the coffee grounds. Everybody, you know, you have coffee in the morning. So I see a lot of coffee grounds in the garbage bin. So we did a collaboration with a local farm in Abu Dhabi where we give them our coffee grounds and then they grow mushroom with that coffee grounds. They
0: grow mushrooms?
7: Yes. It's organic local mushrooms. Wow. Yeah. But it... it,
0: (laughs) this is the thing that so much wasted literally potential in what's going into the bin. And that's, you know, someone's trash someone else's treasure. It's just about meeting the right people who have the same ideas and the same values, I guess. So that's the growing. What about in the kitchen? Any preparation or cooking techniques that are able to get the most out of all of that produce?
7: Yes, in kitchen, what we do for sustainable and the creative approach, we have one of the system called Vino. Vino is the one which takes care of all the waste management of the kitchen, where we threw everything from the buffet leftovers with the weight. So we do every weekly the measurement of the wastage. hedge. So
0: you can you can really quantify exactly yes, what's being measured. Everything, out. everything, wow.
7: everything is quantified in terms of the all the dishes have been registered in the system. Uh-huh. So if, for example, I'm throwing the sausages which are left over from the buffet, so you will see how much of weight has been uh, thrown in the garbage.
0: And the thing is, you can't improve something unless you can measure it, right? You can't make a change until you know what that beginning point is yes what changes have you made based on some of that data
7: with with that data i share with my team so every day we do a briefing with our teams and then we share how much wastage have been done yesterday mm-hmm. so we do a weekly monthly wastage uh, meeting where we discuss about how much uh, food has been thrown with how many people have consumed so accordingly we start producing lesser for th- those number of people mm-hmm. and then we have seen almost 10 to 15 percent of uh, lesser wastage from the last couple of months wow.
0: What about the dishes? Are you doing it? I mean, we think about nose to tail cooking, you know, Fergus Henderson in the UK, you know, using every part of that animal. Yes. But we're also looking at nose to tail when it comes to, I don't know, say a carrot from, you know, top to tail. What about using ingredients in a creative way as well?
7: You have taken the right name, carrot, because I have (laughs) created a dish uh, which was with a full carrot. We have used the peel, the stem, everything of the carrot. We call it a symphony of a carrot where we put a journey of a carrot, how carrot grew uh, till the time we put it on the table. So we use everything, every part, a stem, the uh, skin, we we, uh, dried it up and we use it as a powder, as a kind of a garnish. And then even we use the uh, the stem by using it into the uh, same preparation. So it was 100% used carrot dish.
0: That's, and this is the thing. Sometimes you need to go a little bit old school. A lot of people got into pickling and preserving during the pandemic. And I, I love a pickled red onion. I got the fridge was full of them for a while. My husband was getting a bit like you can pickle them. You also need to eat them. Um, but sometimes we can learn a lot from our, our, you know, our ancestors when you know when they were in hard times and you know when there was looking at real seasonality. So I think it's really admirable to be thinking about future, but also some of those other techniques. What about other dishes that you think kind of? showcase sustainability and as I said it might be a case that a diner doesn't realise what they're having and why it's so impactful what else comes to mind make us hungry
7: yes recently we did a three course menu the one was a duck pate. it was an Indian version of a pate. we did we use the duck skin the entire part of duck mm. uh, then we did we, we use the skin as a kind of a garnish as a crispy skin and then we uh, use all the residue in the tart we made a tart out of it and then we fill the duck pate in it and it was served 100% uh sustainable and there was a 0% wastage similarly we did a main course dish which we call it it's an indian dish we made a korma gravy so that is the all the nuts whatever we had in the property we use all of them in the in the gravy so that has a very subtle delicate taste in it and on the top of it we use the chicken uh, chicken breast and then we use all the bones uh, as a stock of, to make the sauce, and then we used the skin to wrap it up. So there was nothing wow. missed out from the dish. And then we did our, one of the favorite, which we call a uh, dessert, which everybody loves. <laughs> the dessert was a Bhapa It's a steamed yogurt, it's very healthy. Uh, we use the local labne, which is produced. Again, uh, just I want to share a story out of it. We, uh, we have collaborated with one of our local school in Abu Dhabi, again. And we are doing. Uh, we are buying from them the local labneh produced by people of determination, wow. students. So they are producing the labneh locally in Abu Dhabi, and we are buying from them. And we are putting in our buffet every day. So that same labneh we took it, and then we produced that dessert out of it. And then it is again local. There is uh, carbon emission. There is a very less carbon, and as well as uh, sustainable, as there was nothing. Extra has been used, so everything was local produced.
0: And lastly, chef, you, and I asked the same question to Massimo Batura about us as individuals. You know, people going out to eat tonight and over the weekend, and it's very easy to overorder. And when I was in Slovenia over the summer, they're very big on you know take what you you take what you want, but eat what you take from from a buffet. Which they little signs yeah. everywhere. What else can we be doing as diners to to align with your values and your missions when it comes to sustainability?
7: I would say you have to go through the menu, see what you want to order. If you are seven people sitting on a table, you should not order all different kinds of meals when you are sitting together. You should share a meal instead of ordering one full portion for each other. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you will end up having half plate wasted into the garbage. So as you said, that's over uh, ordering, which we don't see. We just get excited to a restaurant. Okay, I want to order salad. I want to order starter. I want to order main course. I want to order dessert. So better you order course by course i would suggest order a starter enjoy and then you go to the main course if you are not that hungry don't order dessert Mm -hmm. yeah but you can order maybe one of them
0: and you can always order more you know yeah and you can always take it home i love i love taking food home it's lunch sorted the next day chef Tathik, thank you so much I, i do want you to do a little dance for us but we'll do that we'll do that later it's been such a pleasure to meet you and thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm and what is happening there at Hilton Dubai, M Square Dubai uh, in Mankul, Wishing you a lovely weekend ahead. Are you going back to the kitchen now? Yes. Of course you are. It's Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I
1: 103.8 with Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We have had an all star cast on the show this afternoon, and I'm so delighted to welcome Jose. He is one of Portugal's most renowned chefs, loves champion his country's food. His flagship restaurant, Balcanto, located in Lisbon's historic centre, is among the best 25 restaurants in the world. Two Michelin stars, it rose 21 places to 25th in the world's 50 best restaurant lists. And his Dubai restaurant, Tasca, is in the Mandarin Oriental. Also has a star and some incredible views joining us live on the line, probably from the kitchens. How are you, chef?
5: Hello, how are you? I'm great, thank you.
0: It's so lovely to have you back in Dubai. Um, I think the weather's cooled a little bit for you. What brings you back to town? What are you up to in the kitchens at Tasca? Uh,
5: so I, I, it's always uh, uh, very good for me to come back. Uh, the the climate is getting a little bit better. It's mm-hmm. true. It's still a little bit hot, but mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, I've been I've been cooking around. I've been with Shati uh, Manchu in uh, Tresim's studio making a four-hands dinner. Uh, so and, and we're seen here some chefs here in Tashka in, improving and changing a few dishes uh, and I'm here I'm here in Mandarin Oriental the, one of my favourite uh, hotels in the world It's uh, a in
0: beautiful, beautiful hotel and my goodness, I think, I don't want to annoy any of your neighbours in that hotel, but I think you might have the best spot in the building, it's just, oh, just gorgeous there Yeah, So <laughs> where are you normally based, chef? Where are you living right now?
5: Uh, I live in Lisbon. I'm based in Lisbon, where I have uh, most of my restaurants, uh, Del Cantu, as you said, and also in Cantu, a vegetarian restaurant with one mission star start, too. Uh, we have Bairro and Cantinho uh more casual places, um, but then I travel a lot. I have also in Porto, in Cascais, that it's like mm, 30 minutes beautiful. from Lisbon, uh, now in Dubai and in Macau, too.
0: Wow, well we were in Lisbon last year and it was the one day that Belcanto was closed so we ended up having mm. some of your brilliant pizza. And I think what was actually really lovely about it actually was we think about you know star chefs such as you and restaurants that have Michelin stars about things being unattainable but I love the way that you are able to Bring your love of food and make it super accessible. You know the staff were brilliant. We had such a great meal, and nice you know so Lisbon. I mean, I think Dubai's up there, but Lisbon, my goodness, as a foodie city, is something special. Um, tell us a little bit about some of your inspirations then from from your native Portugal, and I guess how you've translated them for the Dubai palate. Have you had to make any adjustments for the Middle East?
5: Um, so my, my my biggest inspirations are uh, like the Portuguese cuisine in general. Uh, Of course, I was born in Cascais, near the sea, so for me, seafood is very important. Uh, But Portugal is a quite small country and it's easy to travel around. So, uh, going to uh, other places uh, in in the country where you see completely different cuisines, because Portugal, although it's a a very small country, you have many different kinds of cuisines around in different regions. Mm. Uh, So... Uh, what what inspires me is that. Also some influences from the discoveries, from the times that the Portuguese did a lot of discoveries and brought spices, brought new ingredients. Um, and what I think right now is the Portuguese cuisine, um, you have a little bit of everything. It's very democratic, great quality, ingredients with great quality. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we develop flavor, we like flavor. Uh, So coming here to Dubai and bringing that cuisine, uh, people love it. First was a challenge to try to bring uh, ingredients. Now we have uh, many coming from Portugal, other around, but with the Portuguese soul.
0: Chef, I wanted to ask you about some of the star dishes. What's been really popular, Tashka, with the Dubai diners? What can you not keep in the kitchen?
5: Uh, So you have like uh, two, three classics that are... Uh, really, really popular, like the, the clams bouillon pat like a, a clams uh, made with cilantro, garlic, uh, a little bit of lemon juice uh, the the prawns with with garlic uh something very uh that a highlight here but uh, very classic mm-hmm. uh then we have our specials to share uh like a um a seafood rice with the like the scarlet shrimp, something. Uh, very typical from Portugal too. Um, the cataplana is like a, a Portuguese stew, a fish stew uh, that people love it. Uh, and then we have some snacks. Uh, it's more like um, Portuguese contemporary. like we do a tartar mm-hmm. uh, of tuna in a cone. Uh, we serve also uh, some coastal cost- pr- prawns on the top of a lime that you need to, to eat, uh, to grab with your hands and eat it in <laughs> one bite. Um, something that. Uh, you have a mix here of, of, of like snacks uh, where you have more fun eating with uh, uh, strong flavors, uh, but uh, very well balanced between acidity uh, and um, and the amount of fat and everything. And then you have more comfort food to share, uh, and and there you got you get more the the essence of the Portuguese cuisine.
0: Ah. Oh. I think we've got tummies rumbling across the whole city now. We're going to keep you with us. Chef Jose Aviles is with us today. He is one of Portugal's most accomplished chefs and we're lucky enough to have him in Dubai right now. So if you've got a booking for over the weekend, you are in luck. He is in the kitchen. Um, I'm curious to ask Chef next about seasonality. You know, the temperature is cooling here in Dubai. We want to be outside. The rest of the world, however, is thinking about hearty stews. So how do we balance that idea of seasonality and suitability? That's next.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well.
0: We're taking to Portugal now via the Mandana Oriental. The incredible chef, Jose Abeles, is with us today. His restaurant, Tashka, is there in Jumeirah um, and he's in town right now. Um, chef, I wanted to ask you about seasonality because when we think about autumn and those you know, those hearty winter warmer dishes. That's all very well in, you know, parts of, you know, Europe and and North America. But here in Dubai, we're just opening up those doors on your gorgeous terrace and we want to be outside and enjoying the sunshine. So how do you reconcile that in terms of seasonality? But I guess Dubai is being a different climate altogether.
5: Yes, yeah, it's true. It's like a big challenge uh, because uh, in one way we have different ingredients and those ingredients coming from Europe, for example, it's what you're saying, like you're starting with the mushrooms, we want some stews, want some soups. Uh, here is different because it's now the time that people are going outside uh, to, to have their summer, a kind of a summer. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we need to always to adapt that. Uh, we can use those ingredients, but in different ways. And that was... Also a challenge for me here, uh, but to serve a soup, okay, but we can serve like a cherry dispatcho. Mm. Uh, you can have you can have a different thing uh, because what you're thinking, what you are trying to get, is something fresh. Um, in in this even in this um, the summer, it looks like summer, but it's not the summer here. But <laughs> uh, for us, if I compare with the Portuguese summer, mm-hmm. it looks like a summer, uh, but. But here is like autumn and winter. Uh, so, but we, we need to focus on the real feel more than the the seasonality in terms mm-hmm. of what you are eating, but the real feel of the guests, mm-hmm. and of course adapt some uh, seasonal ingredients to that. And
0: now your restaurants, and we mentioned a few of them earlier in uh, in Lisbon and Porto and Cascais, and here in Dubai, they're not just places to eat. They've all got a very individual identity. you know, Immersive experiences really. Can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of creating a space where your food is enjoyed and, and making it memorable? How important is that
5: to you? Uh, it's very important. I think more and more people go to restaurants not only to feed themselves, to have some food, but to enjoy a moment, to have an experience. Even if it's not like a fine dining or a very gastronomic restaurant in terms of uh, high-end cuisine, you you have to have an experience so it started with uh, uh, the the interior design uh, and of course and for me that's the most important thing the team uh, you need to feel at home, you need people to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you think about uh, the chairs that you're sitting, the tables that you're eating, the light uh, during the day, the light during the night, uh, the smile on on the faces of the people who are going to welcome you and serve you, uh, all of these details will make your food taste better. Uh, so when you, when, when you think only about food and think that the restaurant is only about food, We are completely mistaken. We need all of this, Um, but especially uh, this uh, warm welcome uh, and the way people take care of you. I, I think that for me to cook is to care. Uh, so i try to transmit that to the dining room and to all the people who are in contact with the guests
0: it's really wonderful to hear you talk with such passion um you know you've been in the industry for for a, a long time and i'm wondering what success looked like when you when you first started out chef and maybe how your definition of success has changed over the years would you mind sharing
5: yes um Actually, when I I studied arts, I wanted to become an architect. Then I I did a degree in uh, communication and marketing, never went to cooking school. So food for me is a passion. I started cooking uh, since I was a kid, never thought I was going to be a professional chef. Uh, But then I started enjoying more and more. I remember the first time I entered as a stager for internship in a a professional kitchen. I was around 20 years old Mm -hmm. Uh, and my heart started beating faster and faster and I knew that this was uh, what I was was going to do for the rest of my life. Uh, at that time, I have this big dream of opening a small restaurant near my house. Um, it was like a 25-seat restaurant, belonged to a French chef at the time. A uh, casual one But I, I wanted to, if, if things go really well to me, maybe I could achieve that, to have my own restaurant near my house. Um, I started preparing the menu at the time. Um, And now, I don't know. (laughs) uh, Life life gave me so much. Um, My team gave me so much. And now we are with uh, 16 restaurants, uh, uh, three different countries, uh, almost 500 people working uh, in our team. Um, So many things like stars that I couldn't ever imagine. I didn't know what was at the time a mission star. I didn't 50 best didn't exist. Um, so uh, I'm in Dubai. I'm in, in Mandarin Oriental, in one of the, the the most exciting cities in the world right now, with the restaurant for five years already. So um, I I I don't really know what it, what success means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I know uh, what it's exceeding expectations, and uh, I think that especially if you don't ever, uh, of course some of the things went wrong in this last 20 few years but um if you never give up you never lose if you don't give up you never lose mm-hmm. so you, you, you need to, keep, to to still you need to keep on going uh, and to believe in yourself and your team and to uh, you you have your vision your vision your mission you need to continue um and
0: what you feel, that's beautiful
5: i feel successful but uh, <laughs> I feel happy especially Good. because i don't think i've changed actually because success can transform you if you cannot deal with them uh with it so i think that uh, we need to feel happy uh, and i'm always saying that the the day that i'm not happy in what i'm doing i will Doing other things. No, because I'm not, I love, I Please don't, know, don't I'm stop. I, I, have, I will continue.
0: <laughs> chef, thank you so, so much. It's wonderful to have you in Dubai. You, you are at Tashka. How long are you in town for?
5: Uh, I will be until Wednesday night. Okay, yes.
0: amazing. So What's we can hopefully. Mean? Is brunch tomorrow? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, brunch, okay. Brunch, okay. yes Tashka, Manjan Oriental, and the man himself, Jose Aviles, is in the kitchen and hopefully stopping for a few selfies with your many Dubai fans I hope, Chef. Thank you so much for your time today. You I so know much. how precious it's it is and have a wonderful thank time. It's much. brilliant to have you back in Dubai. Chef Jose of You said Tashka, Mandan Oriental in Jumeirah Incredible Portuguese food and amazing to hear from the man himself about so much passion that goes into those plates. This is Farmer's Kitchen
2: on Dubai I 103.8.
1: With Spinney's Eat well, live well
0: We love introducing you to passionate foodies here on Farmer's Kitchen and sometimes it's the chef, it's the restaurateurs, it's the producers. And now we're meeting the founder of Paprika Gourmet. Vidisha Bathwell is with us today. It's an exotic artisan catering company who can help out, especially if you have got, and many, many people do, a gluten intolerance. Um, Thank you so much for being with us today, Vidisha. How are
6: you? Thank you so much, Helen. It's my pleasure and honor to be here with you. You're going to make us hungry. I'm (laughs) I'm worried. Um, (laughs) I love it. I love feeding people. Well, This is what
0: it's all about. We were just hearing, you know, from superstar chefs about, you know, being in the business for for decades, but still understanding, you know, Jose Avalas was saying that cooking is care. And I think that's so, so true. Um, Before we talk about what you're cooking up and serving up, we're asking everyone to get in touch this afternoon and you can't win this prize because you're a friend okay. of the show now. <laughs> 500 dirhams to spend at Spinney's for the most iconic Dubai dish. Now, Hannah is in agreement with me. Chicken shawarma from Malah had them for our Dubai wedding reception under the mango tree in our friend's garden. I should have done that. Um, Kamini, also going to Almala,
6: but for falafel, banana pudding from Magnolia, What is it for you,
0: Patricia? You've been in Dubai
6: about three years now. Yes, I've been here now three years. And uh, for me, my favourite is the saffron milk cake. Saffron milk cake. And I've eaten it at different restaurants in Dubai. And it is outstanding. And back home in India, my family loves it. My friends adore it. So I've even taken a box from Dubai, hand carried it (laughs) for them and... It has been wiped clean. (laughs) Do you cook it yourself? Yes, I've tried implementing and I've tried recreating the dishes, what I like and what I eat at restaurants. So I love cooking for my family at home. And now for many other people as well. Yes, I do. I do. I
0: love feeding people. Tell (laughs) us about the origin story of Parika Goma. You've been here in three years and I do a little
6: bit of maths and think. That's pandemic time. <laughs> Tell us more. So I started 13 years ago in Calcutta, India, where uh, I started the company by, under the name of Paprika. And uh, with the love and affection, it grew to by leaps and bounds. Now, three years hence, I'm here. And uh, people still love and adore the food which we are making. And we are doing our best to serve the people of UAE as well.
0: What kind of cuisines or cuisine do you... I don't want to say specialise, but what do you serve up So there? we are
6: trying to... Come uh, do like a multicultural and a multi-cuisine format. So if you want, uh, say, a Lebanese with an Asian twist or Indian with a Mexican twist. Uh, so we want to do something different, which is not, which you won't get off the rack anywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is coming to people's homes as well? Yes. So we are a cloud kitchen and uh, delivering on uh, Deliveroo and Talabad as well. And uh, we even cater. So if, for example, your house is not within the radius, we personally take orders and deliver it as well
0: you focus a big part on raising awareness for those who are gluten intolerant yes why
6: is that why, why where did that so a lot from? of people when they come to us they say whether it's egg free whether it's gluten intolerant or whether you have gluten or it's, it's gluten free so that means that we should cater to these demands if you're getting high quality inquiries of that mm-hmm. and uh, if we see, if we look at it, UAE has a multinational uh, diversity where people from different parts are there. And uh, sometimes people don't take it seriously, but it can become a medical issue mm-hmm. where it, if not tackled well, it can be harmful for that person. So for my example, my kids in school have to go nut free. It's a nut free school because there it's a nut allergy to some kids. So these are the criteria which we take and... Try to customize the menu for the clients. I think some people don't realize just how serious, as you say, it, celiac disease it, it be. It, it is very serious. They get uh, inflammation and it's one in a hundred uh, people who get the celiac disease. That is around 8.4% of the world's population, oh. which is... a. Uh, which is not a big number, but it is a it is a number uh, that we should not ignore. Absolutely. So that number, looking at any
0: kind of gluten related disorder, what's it like then for you um, on the creative front to think about
6: options and dishes that so, don't so, exclude people? So, so for for me to include them in the diet and give them in a party food, uh, we try to make alternative flours bread. We try to do we try to use alternative flours in terms of desserts. So, for example, an almond flour cake can be made. And that's a gluten-free cake. Uh, You can use a gluten-free cream, like a coconut cream on Mm -hmm. top. So that whole cake becomes gluten-free as well as vegan. Rather than saying that, no, I can't make it, we try to include it in the diet and customize it for them. And this is how a small change, shift in the diet makes... a a lifestyle change. Well, this is the thing. When you have a night out or when you're welcoming people to your home, you don't want people to be worried. You don't want people to feel
0: excluded or that they're being difficult by having an intolerance or an issue. So it sounds like it's very
6: inclusive. So it is. And a lot of people have medical issues, but a lot of people have started using gluten-free as a weight loss issue also, Mm. So, So which is very good because it's a healthy format to a lifestyle. So if people are offering... And it is tasting yummy, then why not? Yeah. What are some of your favorite dishes that you've served in the past? For example, we've made like a charcoal quesadilla, gluten-free with a mushroom filling. So it is gluten-free and vegan. So uh, so things like that. We make a chocolate mousse a ganache, which is vegan. Uh, so things like that. You, you, We come up with different ideas and concepts with the berries, with the fruits, so that people get a taste of everything put a message here saying I need this um,
0: okay so tell us lastly if you don't mind uh, about how to order and I guess how far, if you are looking to cater you know a birthday party a dinner party how far in advance you might need to book you and the team
6: so uh, so in the festive seasons we do get very busy obviously one week in advance is a good a good uh, time span for a party uh, however if it's a very uh, close party then one two days prior also we are on delivery Talabat as as well, If you want to order in for the day itself or maybe one hour prior, and if your house is not within the radius, please pick up the phone. Our numbers are there. Please do give us a call and we are happy to deliver it.
0: What is the best way to get in touch? Where can we send people so, this afternoon?
6: Instagram, uh, paprika.dubai. My number is, the kitchen number is 50 147 And uh, please DM, please message, please call. We are happy to serve you. Well, thank you so much for coming in. In. Thank you say, so much, Your Helen. family's in
0: the green room and they are adorable. Thank you so and much. And I just had a little, a little nibble of the cashews you brought in for Poonam and I and they were absolutely delicious. So if that's just a taste of what you're <laughs> serving up, then everyone, you're in for a treat. Thank you so much for Thank you so much, Ellen, for having me. Really, really appreciate it. If you want details, you can just send me the word paprika, if you like. I will happily send you the link so you can get in touch with the team there for your next event, whether you are gluten-free or otherwise. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.